Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest today is artist Cecilia Moreno-Yagubi. Today we will discuss Cecilia's strategy in making it in the arts world, as well as marketing tactics, initiatives, and how to get visibility as an artist. Social and political imagery, religious iconography, found objects, and mixed media all combine in Cecilia's work. A Colombian-born artist, Cecilia emigrated at a young age with her family to the United States. In time, she earned her bachelor's in business administration in marketing and began a career in property management. Working and living in the suburbs for the greater part of her life, she decided a little over six years ago to focus on her artwork create a studio and pursue this venture full-time. Through a combination of influences, Cecilia's art has traveled from the lush and beautiful, yet safe and mainstream landscapes of her homeland to the more challenging, riskier mixed-media work. Featuring political and social imagery, religious iconography, and found objects such as dolls, much of her current work is assembled from, from flea markets, thrift shops, and recycled materials like wood and fabric. In 2005, Cecilia premiered her paintings at Orígenes Latinos Latin Roots Gallery in Chelsea, New York. And she has exhibited throughout New York and Connecticut, including the Silver Mine Art Center, the Westchester Art Workshop, the Court Gallery at Lincoln Center, the National Academy of Art Museum, and at the Colombian Consulate of New York. In Miami, she has been featured at the Opera Gallery, and she had a solo exhibit Girl from Cali at the Colombian Consulate in Coral Gables in October of 2009. Cecilia, welcome. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I think that there is a message in your work, Cecilia. Much of your work is inspired, as I said a moment ago, by current and socio-political events. What are you trying to convey to your audience? What What is your message? Um, I think I have to start by giving you a background of, uh, of how I uh, turned to be a full-time artist and what really um, inspired me to to have um, to have a voice in the arts. Um, I think I, uh, as you mentioned, I, I came to this country when I was 13 years old, and uh, I always felt uh, a sense of displacement. Um, being from Colombia, um, there was always uh, a certain connotation of when I would meet people um, about uh, people from Colombia being involved in in drugs. Um, I want to um, I want to shake up the stereotypical view that people may have of uh, the immigrant population, in particular people from Colombia. And I want through my art to um, have a voice uh, to be able to uh, show that we contribute. Uh, greatly to this society, and that we are more than laborers, that we contribute to art, to culture, to medicine, uh, and that is what's really, what really pushed me into this direction. Why is that such a concern for you as an artist? Um, because uh, when I was uh, working in the business world, um, as you mentioned, I was uh, in a small uh, family uh, 
real estate company that we started about 25 years ago, I didn't have the opportunity to express um, a lot of these issues. And uh, um, I think that through my art, I can be a voice for a lot of immigrants that don't have the opportunity to, um, to express themselves. And this uh, was something that uh, uh, bothered me for many years, especially because uh, I've been here more than 40 years, and I still, as you can notice, I have a heavy accent. And uh, when I meet people, that's one of the first things that they uh, they will uh, comment on. It used to bother me a lot uh, to immediately say you have an accent, and uh, it doesn't bother me anymore because through my art, I lost my accent. That's a very interesting expression or thought, that through your art you lost your accent. Would yes. you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, I, um, I started uh, painting, um, doing the uh, classical uh, paintings, working with uh, some masters, uh, uh, painters in the Art Students League, the National Academy, and yes, they were beautiful and uh uh, they were comfortable, but um, when I started, I've been collecting, uh, I always was a collector, and I started putting things together, and I realized that I could say um, a lot more with these assemblages, that uh, instead of, yes, a landscape could be beautiful, and it's great to look at it, and it makes you feel good at that moment, um, through my assemblages, I want to say more. I want people to think, to live uh, with questions, to be intrigued by what I'm trying to say, and hopefully, um, you know, reach uh, reach a certain population that uh, that has, they don't have the access to to the art world, and, and that is my my main concern uh, at this point. What themes? Would you say that you have drawn from from your personal and professional experiences specifically? Uh, in terms of uh, my assemblages, uh, you mean in terms of uh, what I want to say with with my art? Yes. What role has your work prior to your artwork, your professional work in real estate and capitalism? What role has that in your life experience played in your art? Because you're saying, of course, that you want to reach people, that you want to make them think, that you want to make them ask themselves questions when they see your art. Is this in part because of your previous work experience and your personal experience? Yes, I think my business uh, experience enabled me to have a broader knowledge of how to market uh, my art and not commercially, uh, just commercially market the art, but how to get exposure. Um, all the things that I, I learned through the business that I, uh, I was working in, uh, I applied that to uh, my art, uh, such as uh, how to get the exposure, uh, having a goal in mind, uh, uh, having a vision, uh, the networking that you have to do uh, in business is the same networking that you have to do in the art world. And uh, it's basically, if you look at uh, uh, one of the other, uh, the same rules apply. And I have used that 
all the, those years of experience, I'm using it with my art, and uh, it basically works the same way. Let's talk a little bit about that transition, if you um, if you're willing to share with us a little bit of those insights. It's it's fairly common, more than perhaps most of us realize for people to change the direction of their work and their professional activities um, as they grow older in life, sometimes multiple times. Would you share a little bit about that process of transitioning from a real estate career to an artist with us and how that came about? Um, First, I have to say that uh, art was always... uh in the back of my mind. It was something that I wanted to study since I was a very small child. Um, and when I was going to go to college, my family uh, were completely against it and they persuaded me to study business. But in the back of my mind, I kept saying someday I want to concentrate on art. So I always, all through the years that I was working, I was taking classes, uh, doing all workshops, whatever opportunity I saw of uh, any artists that were given workshops, I would be attending those. And basically, uh, in the evenings, I was I went back to school and uh, just trying to get the skills that I needed. And so it was in the back of my mind. Um, uh, and I think that the most important thing was I had a turning point. Uh, and the turning point as an artist came about six years ago when... Um, I was uh, living in Westchester, New York, and I had a very upsetting encounter with a neighbor. Um, I had lived in the neighborhood for 25 years, and she was having a garage sale. And when she noticed my accent, uh, she asked me where I was from, and I said, I'm from Colombia. Uh, and the neighbor said, oh, oh you sell cocaine. Um, I got very emotional, and I still do just... Uh, when I remember the very cruel and insensitive uh, attempt that she was, uh, basically she she said just to have a laugh, uh, and it still hurts, but I think that as much as uh, the, the power of her words were so negative that it changed my way because that was the turning point. That day I came home, and I told my husband, I said, I'm not going to be working in the family business anymore, and I need to do something. Uh, and um, I, uh, that's exactly what I did from that day on. So there was a moment, a clear moment in your life when you can look back and say you made that decision. Yes. I think that many artists struggle to find an identity who it is that they are in the art world. Was that your case? And did it sounds from what you're describing like being a Latin artist had a particularly strong role in your decision. Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, It is because um, I don't think you can escape your past. And uh, what happened to me when I came to this country in 1968 
I had uh, two older brothers that brought me here, and they wanted to keep me away from basically the Latin identity. Uh, they moved me to a place where there were no Spanish-speaking people. Uh, they uh, made sure the antenna was disconnected so that we could not get the Spanish channels. And uh, for all those years, I basically, uh, as a young girl, I was 13, and I wanted to... Um, be like other American girl and uh, 40 years passed and I never, I didn't get that. Meanwhile, I lost a lot of my identity. I uh, was not exposed to a lot of the music, the culture. Uh, it was like a taboo in the house. They were trying to keep me away from that and uh, it took me all those years to realize that you are who your roots are so important and uh that's who you are and you cannot change that um that's why for me being a latin artist is is very important because uh, uh i had people say to me don't stay in that uh don't put yourself in that corner because they're just going to see you as a latin artist but for me it's extremely important that uh i have that uh, that identity because, like I say, it took me years to, to go back and to start relearning uh, all that I missed. Cecilia, would you tell us a little bit about your artwork more specifically? We talked about the fact that you use found objects and things that you get at flea markets and so forth. But would you describe your assembly process and your, and your, your work? How would you describe it? Uh, yes, I've been collecting uh, objects for many, many years. Um, I will go to flea markets or uh, thrift shops, and I always found things that had a history uh, interesting to me. They they could be broken dolls or even a broken car, but I found it interesting that uh, who did that belong to, uh, and I wanted to keep them. So I kept collecting these items, even things that I found in the trash, Walking through the streets of New York City, I always found chairs and tables and wonderful things. Um, and once uh, there was a dumpster on the street, and uh, I saw they were throwing everything from an apartment into the dumpster. I climb up into the dumpster, and I see a box of uh, old letters. And uh, I took the box when I got home. I saw a whole history of a family with letters from the early 1900s from a father to a son. So all those things, they inspire me. All those things is uh, the history and uh, what I, uh, I started putting them together without really knowing that this was a form of art. Like I said, in, uh, when I was painting uh, in the Art Students League, everyone, everyone was basically uh, painting uh, landscapes and still lifes, and I started bringing my uh, objects, and I started attaching them to my canvases. And I did the same thing at the National Academy of Art, which is a very conservative school. And I remember uh, the first time that I brought something like that, I made up something uh, attaching objects into a canvas. And uh, the director of the school, um, we, they were having a... Uh, 
uh, a contest, and I brought that in. I wanted to uh, the judges to see it, and she basically said, what is this? Because uh, they are very conservative. Uh, they were at that point, um, and I, uh, she basically almost didn't let me. She was basically saying, take it home. Uh, I was able to present it there, and then after a few years, uh, I think I am known in the school for the one that brings the objects, and now they're giving classes with mixed media and all that, but that was the first reaction, um, that uh, when I put those objects together, um, sometimes uh, it happens by accident. Uh, I let myself go, and after I look at them, there's, there's a story. Uh, sometimes it might take, a, take me a few months. Uh, I might start doing something, and then I stop doing it, and uh, six months later, I, I will finish it. But um, that is basically all the things that I wanted to say all these years. And the reason why I mentioned before that I lost my accent, because when people, when I show my art now, uh, people can look at it and, and they can make up their own story and they basically don't, they don't see the accent. They don't hear the accent there. So just to make sure that our audience understands, you have a canvas as the background and on the canvas you put some of these objects that tell the story that you were describing. Is that right? Uh, not necessarily. Uh, some things are done that way, uh, but also I could get a chair that I got a, few, a chair from the trash, and I will attach certain things to it. And uh, it doesn't have to be a canvas. It could be a, a, a sculpture, or a ready-made, uh, such as uh, Duchamp, that he had a, uh, a, a urinal and he put it as art. So a lot of things are just things that are already made, and I put them together in a way that they say a story. Would you say that the the story that they tell has a Latin theme or do you just feel, because you described to us earlier that you felt that you're a Latin artist, is it that, that you yourself are Latin or are you trying to convey a Latin theme in your artwork? No, I think that uh, I, the way, uh, I want people to know that I am Latin. Uh, I can express certain Latin issues through my art, but not necessarily uh, all of my work where people look at it and will say this is about Latin or about the immigrant experience. No, I, I talk about all different current issues, uh, social issues, and a lot of uh, feminist uh, issues. And so it doesn't have to necessarily, the art does not say something about Latin culture all the time. What is the, the size of the artwork? Is this something that an average person could have in their home? Or is this really just for exhibit in public places? How would you describe it? I have all different sizes, starting by, uh, I have a, uh, 24 inches by 36, uh, uh, or I, they go up to uh, very lar larger pieces. Uh, like I said, it could be a, a chair and a table, which will take uh, more space. And um, so the work could be, they're all different sizes. They, some of them can be hung on the wall. Somebody could have it in, in their living room, or some things are, could be just displayed in public places. So they're all different, different sizes. 
And what is the price range, Cecilia, just as a, for, for our audience to have an idea, what is the most affordable piece that someone could purchase of your work and the most expensive? Uh, yes, uh, everything, uh, they start basically uh, anywhere from uh, 1200 to uh, $8,000. Who's your target audience? Now that you have, we have an idea of the, the concept in, in you as an artist, who would you say you are reaching out to? Uh, I think it has been uh, a process. Uh, I started uh, maybe reaching out to a different, uh, uh, different audience, uh, such as when I was living in the suburbs. Um, I had a couple of shows there, and... Uh, uh, middle class, uh, upper middle class people will go and they will see the landscapes and they were interested in that. And, but uh, slowly it was a progression. Uh, the, the way my art started changing, I, the, my audience started changing because uh, the audience that I, uh, right now uh, I moved to El Barrio in Harlem and I want to reach out to all those people that they really don't have an opportunity to to see art or uh, they feel intimidated to go into galleries. Um, I myself remember you know, a few years ago when I would walk into a gallery in Chelsea and uh, the people working there will make you feel intimidated. They look at you, see if you the way you're dressed, if they feel you don't have the money to buy, they don't even answer your questions. And I um, had an opportunity to, we got a small uh, a townhouse in, in El Barrio. I sold my house in Scarsdale, and I moved to El Barrio six months ago. Um, I opened a gallery on the main floor, and I had my studio there. Uh, and I want to bring art to this area because uh, I am between a laundromat, a, uh, a bodega, a uh, fruit stand, and these people from, uh, I am in 110th Street in El Barrio. They uh, seem so amazed uh, when they look, uh, when I take out my art, they see my art, or when I had my opening, a uh, few people came in and they were so amazed that uh, there was this kind of place in this neighborhood. So my audience right now is um, I'm targeting to the all walks of life, they, especially the Latin community, uh, that they might not feel comfortable walking into a museum or a gallery. And uh, what I want to promote is basically um, I want to really push the fact that they should take the children to to see art. Um, I see uh, the kids' faces when they look at some of my artwork. Um, and I think if they were ex- if they're exposed, if they come into my gallery, it will be a lot, a lot easier for them to walk into another gallery and say, "Oh, I, you know, I already I seen a gallery with things like this." So I want to bring contemporary art to El Barrio, and uh, I'm trying to form networks in the neighborhood um, where um, I can reach this goal. Cecilia, you have come a long way since you made the decision to change your career. And for many people who have 
thoughts about this, or maybe some people who have even attempted a career change, they realize what a difficult thing that is. And I think perhaps in the art world, it is even more difficult to make a full-time living. What would you say is the secret of your success? How can other people learn from this journey that you've embarked on and follow in your footsteps? Um, I think you are right. It's a very difficult uh, profession to pursue. Uh, I think the fact that I took my time and I first had to be sure that uh, financially I had... uh, I was secure that I could make this move uh, was a very important uh, uh, decision. And uh, as much as I resented my parents for uh, going against me uh, early on, I think it was the right thing. And this is what I will advise other artists to, as much as they believe in their dreams and uh, to spend a lot of time creating, and but, but to be realistic and uh, it is a difficult profession. Uh, basically, they will have to, uh, the way that I did it, uh, part-time until I felt secure enough that I could take this this next step. Uh, when I meet artists, uh, which, uh, uh, all the time they ask me the same question, and I tell them, stay, uh, you know, make sure you have a job, don't, don't stop, uh, don't change your career yet. Uh, until you're very secure that this is what you can do and uh, until, um, you know, you uh, you can stop uh, depending on that uh, salary that you're making because uh, in the art world, it's, it's very difficult to survive financially. Now, in addition to having artistic ability, you've mentioned a couple of times that your experience and knowledge of the business world have played a role. What suggestions, in addition to that one that you shared, which seems very important for people to be very sure about what they're doing and to start part-time, but what business advice would you share with our listeners on how to become successful in the art milieu beyond the actual artistic ability? I think that uh, to uh, make sure they take opportunities of uh, uh, exhibiting their work, in places could be restaurants, uh, churches, libraries, and have as much exposure as they can, and then uh, making sure that they are reaching out to the media, uh, creating a website. Uh, I started with a website that was one page, and then slowly I started building it, and uh, now it has... uh, more than 10 pages. So uh, they should start small, uh, go on the Internet, they uh, uh, belong to Facebook, uh, Twitter, all those things that are free uh, right now that are available to us, uh, which gives us the opportunity to uh, to reach to audiences that we never had before. Uh, that's one of my uh, advices, that it's extremely important to be on the Internet um, I have gotten a lot of uh, opportunities uh, through the Internet, uh, uh, such as uh, I was invited to the Biennale in Florence, and the reason they found me, they found me on the Internet. So um, 
that is the first thing I will uh, advise people. And to have a goal in mind, uh, and as I mentioned before, not to let the uh, the financial. Uh, a lot of people think that if you become a famous artist, you you're thinking of the money of how much you're going to make. If you can, if uh, if you can have something else that you can have a, a job and it helps you to have a, uh, a uh, okay living, uh, just do the art for for the love, for the pleasure, and I think that that will take you to places that you cannot imagine. Because it has happened to me, I I am not concentrating. You asked me before about the prices. And I'm not concentrating on that. If I find someone that is in so much love with my work, I will basically uh, I've, I have donated a lot of work, and and I just uh, I'm doing it more for the love rather than for uh, the fame and and the money that a lot of artists uh, are looking for. How do you brand yourself, Cecilia? How do you create an, an image of yourself that conveys to your target audience and to the public in general what you're all about? I think that, uh, as I mentioned before, uh, the fact that I, I uh, reach out uh, to the media, um, I myself years ago when I had my first, uh, one of my first exhibitions, uh, a friend of mine helped me write a press release and I sent it out and I, I kept... Uh, I did the follow-up, and they were interested in the story. And uh, I got the first uh, the first article in a local uh, newspaper. And from there on, the media really fits on itself, and it has it gets easier and easier. So I think the way that I um, I see myself is that I want people to see me exactly as who I am, an immigrant that uh, had a dream that made it because uh, I feel very content and um, I, uh, as, as, a, as an immigrant, as I said, I, I am able to, I can do something to help, to help the community. For me to move to El Barrio from Scarsdale was a big transition and one of the reasons I did that is to show that I, I mean this. I'm not just telling people that I want to be part of the Latin community. I really want. To, I really want to be uh, one of them. I want to be here. I want to. I want to be an art pusher, not a drug pusher, in 110th Street in Harlem. One of the things that you have done, uh, along with the the uh, others that you've mentioned, or perhaps in, in addition to the things that you've mentioned, is that you are now working with a public relations consultant, right? Yes, I am. Yes. What, what are your thoughts on that? It, is that playing an important role for you? Would you recommend that other people consider that as a strategy? Uh, yes, as I mentioned to you, uh, at first I was doing the press releases, sending them out myself, uh, doing the follow-up, and that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time from the from uh, the time that I wanted to spend creating art. Uh, one of my um, fortes uh, is 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 creating the art, but uh, the time management is not my forte. Therefore, I needed to. Uh, have someone 
that will take care of this with this for me send the press releases to uh connect to uh, uh the media and uh basically if uh the last show that I had if I would have concentrated on that I wouldn't have been able I would have had to stop making art to do that uh I think that there are many opportunities that you can um get uh, create partnerships with uh, services like this or there are non-profit organizations uh, uh for example in El Barrio there is El Taller Boricua which uh, I formed a partnership with them I had a show with them last year and they have helped me a lot There's sometimes I need postcards and I ha- I go there and I say please can someone here help me to design this postcard so there are places like that that will help the artists um so it's not necessarily just hiring um a pr company i uh, uh i i think that even if it's just uh, any local organization in the neighborhood or any place like that or friends that can help you do it it is important to do that because that's part of the marketing and uh there's so many artists that are the have great talent and they are uh, making great art, but they're, they're, they're staying in their studios waiting for somebody to come and knock at their door. And uh, I don't think that's, uh, that works out this way now in, uh, in today's market. So you have to go out there and reach out for um, relationships, uh, people in the community that are into the, into the arts or or companies that maybe for a small fee can help you, uh, but trying to reach out. And uh, I would say that was a very important thing. And, uh, for example, the Colombian consulate, I just had a show, and uh, I did hire uh, a company. We uh, were extremely successful. Uh, this is going to is bring in a lot of people, brought a lot of people to the show, and because of that, it's opening other doors to future uh, shows that I'm going to have. So it might be also an, a small investment you have to make, and, uh, and then it, brings, it opens up many other doors. Cecilia, one of the biggest challenges, I think, for many people is having a clear understanding of their target audience and how to go about reaching them effectively and and obviously your success says that you have accomplished that and because you are also reaching a Hispanic audience you are reaching one of the highly desirable target audiences in the United States today are there any insights that you could share with our listeners on how to reach a target audience and within that, if there's anything that you do differently when you're trying to reach Hispanic audiences? A few of the shows that I have, uh, I uh, try to reach for the Latin newspapers, uh, such as El Diario, um, El Colusa in Miami, uh, several Latin newspapers. Uh, and uh, at first I thought that uh, they were resisting, but uh, because I was so persistent, uh, I didn't send a, a press release once. I sent it several times, and I kept calling, trying to talk to the editors. And uh, finally, when once you reach them and you tell them your story, they are very open to 
to uh, showcase your work. And that's one of the, I, I've been very lucky in the fact that uh, uh, these newspapers have really, after a lot of work and trying to reach them, they are very uh, open to to showing uh, artists, not just me, but artists like me, and uh, to uh, showcase, you know, art articles and cultural articles in the Latin newspapers. Instead of, uh, I, I know that once uh, they might, you know, they might be more interested in this, uh, the horror stories, the the killings, the, and they might say, oh, our audience, they don't want to see, a, you know, a, a cultural uh, article every day in the newspaper. But any small step that we take, even if it's once a month, uh, I think it gets the audience uh, exposed to that and um, I think that that's one of the most important things, the Latin media. So in terms of reaching out to the Hispanic audience, you think that the key to that uh, effort is reaching out to Spanish-speaking Latin media? Is that what you mean? Yes. Yes, I do. And also, not just the Latin media, and also the English-speaking media, uh, both of them. But I think that uh, the Latin media is extremely important because uh, uh, I have seen uh, through the articles they have written about me, I, I have seen that I have gotten a lot of exposure. Do you differentiate for purposes of your marketing efforts between the less educated, less acculturated Spanish dominant Latinos and the more acculturated English dominant audience? Do you do anything differently? Do you focus on one versus the other? No, I don't. I don't. I think that uh, uh, both, of, uh, both of them are important and uh, I think that the, uh, the, uh, the people that are collectors and uh, uh, the uh, privileged uh, few that uh, are in the art world uh, are also very important because uh, they will be the ones that will uh, that col- collect my art and uh, they will be important to me also. However, I want to have the audience of uh, uh, you know the from all walks of life. Uh, I w- want to have uh, cleaning ladies, uh, nurses, uh, construction workers. Uh, see my work and the pleasure that I get from ordinary people uh, being exposed to my work and the comments I get from these people is so wonderful. It's hard for me to explain because that is more important than somebody buying my work for thousands of dollars. So I I think that uh, I uh, I target my uh, marketing to both all both uh, of these. Uh, Demographics. Tell us a little bit about the Biennale in Florence. That's a, a big deal, right? Yes, yes, it is. Um, as I mentioned, I got an invitation from them. Uh, I thought that I was very lucky uh, uh, because in just a few years that I had been exhibiting, uh, they, uh, as I mentioned, was through the internet. Uh, they saw my work and they sent me an invitation. Uh, it's going to be from December 5th to the 13th in Florence, uh, right in the center of town. There is a, 
Uh, there's going to be 800 artists from around the world, and um, uh, I'm going to represent Colombia and the United States. And once upon a time, Florence was the center of the universe, certainly the art universe. And so today, of course, it still has a very strong influence, and there's a very important shine to participating in such events. Yes, yes, of course. I uh, remember the first time I went to Florence and I stared at uh, David. Uh, I was uh, overwhelmed. I wanted to cry. So for me to have the opportunity to uh, be where Michelangelo was creating art and to be able to show my work uh, is really is a big deal for me. Cecilia, thank you. Thank you, Elena, so much for this opportunity. And I just would like to uh, give, uh, give you my website. It's Cecilia, C-E-C-I-L-I-A, MyArt, M-Y-A-R-T dot com. That's Cecilia, MyArt dot com. Thank you very much, and I appreciate this opportunity, Elena. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.